0: Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and blog. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular trading system strategy or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is October 7th. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Jim. How's it going? It is going well. How's yeah. it going with you? It's going good. Oil markets, we like to say there's a lot going on, but uh, from our last podcast, there's not maybe a little more movement, but we're still seem to be around this $40, $41 magnet or area. Yeah, um, we,
1: we've, we tried to break down and uh, the market came right, right back into, uh, into the equilibrium zone.
0: Let's, let's start with that. Um, you know, if you've been following the, uh, the press, um, the major story seems to be how global demand is flagging. And uh, we see in, in um, the EIA's uh, monthly oil report, which was released on Tuesday, um, they reduce their demand estimates for next year. What's, what's going on?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it was a, a big surprise that they reduced their uh, demand estimates. We've been saying pretty much every month, I think, for the last three or four months that these, these numbers are, uh, are way too high. And, you know, I, I think they're going to be reducing them further. Some of the problems, I think, with, with these estimates is that they, you know, they, they have their models, but uh, sometimes don't really refer to the, uh, to the facts on the ground. As, as we call them, and, you know, you, you can see that demand is, is simply not picking up anywhere near where um, the EIA, IEA, or, or OPEC have been forecasting, and, um, you know, that, that hasn't been that difficult <laughs> to predict, Jim, to be quite honest. I mean, you could just see that, uh, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, all the fuels um, that, that make up total world demand, you know, gasoline, diesel, in particular jet fuel, as well as um, the uh, NGLs. And, um, you know, they've certainly picked up a lot from the lows, but, you know, whether or not we're going to see the types of growth that that these big three are are forecasting, you know, I, I, I just don't see that, at least in this quarter and probably into the next quarter.
0: Yeah, so that so you, I think it was like two or three, maybe maybe three months ago, you you were talking about how they were overestimating demand, they and they've reduced demand pretty much every month since, and yet our our market is uh, kind of it's not it tried to collapse, but it it, it bounced back. It's it's uh, again, a, a WTI is up around forty forty one dollars as we speak, and um, why. Why, with all this kind of bearish uh, uh, stuff going on, what, Why were we holding up here so well?
1: Well, first of all, yeah, we're holding up. It isn't as though this is a, you know, this is a spectacular price at uh, at forty dollars. But uh, um, and and I'm sure that when uh, OPEC Plus finally came to uh, came to a deal earlier in the year to to try to balance the market, you know, they they this was not their goal. You know they didn't want to balance they they didn't want the ba- to balance the market here you know right. they, they would be i think they would much have preferred five to to ten dollars higher than here but you i know, think I th-
0: uh, andy i thought i think goldman came out with something earlier that said uh Saudi's working with fifty dollars in their budget so
1: yeah so yeah, there you have it i mean i think that's that's a number that uh they they would have been obviously much more happy with. So, it, it, you know, I, I, they've been able, I, I think they've done a pretty good job at, uh, at balancing the market. But the reason I, I think, you know, let, let's look at what's happened, at least in the, in the short term, where we are losing some serious supply. The, you know, we've lost the total of, of tens of millions of barrels out of the U.S. Gulf Coast over the last uh, month because of these series of storms that are, that are coming through. And there's one, you know, Delta coming through now. Uh, and we've also lost some, we're, we're about to lose some production in the, uh, in the North Sea owing to, um, you know, Norwegian oil strike. Now, those are, those are short term, but it's probably helped to keep the market here. And and as you pointed out, Jim, you know, the economies, they are growing, you know, it's, it's a question of what extent, you know, we're seeing economic growth for one. uh, I think that's a, you know, that, that's certainly a, a key factor and uh demand is well it's not improving anywhere near what I th- what these big three are saying you know it it, it is improving so you know I think they' there you can see at the margins you know we are seeing we are seeing improvements and and that is helping to to keep I think the market here plus you know if we, in terms of our balances you know just looking at what we do uh, here at uh, commodity research group and I probably change these balances all the time but you know we still have we we're still showing stock draws so that's not bearish either
0: uh right it, as we speak you, we're seeing stock draws and and uh to what what extent like uh, at what rate are we seeing them
1: well i'm all, <laughs> we're all over the place on the on the rate but the last numbers that uh that we did i was showing a uh one around a 2 million barrel a day draw for third quarter i think i'm going to probably lower that a little bit more over the next month. Uh, fourth quarter, one and a half, and uh, it looks like first quarter. Right now, I've got about one, oh, closer to two uh, for the first quarter. So, you know, we are, we are drawing inventories slowly, and, and it does look to me like maybe second or third quarter of, of 21 we'll, we'll have. I mean, that, that's the good news. The, the bad news is that inventory's built so much in the first half, Jim, right that we have a long way to go, and uh, that we're probably going to get alleviate just that build sometime in the second or third quarter of', of 21 I think
0: mm. Well, you know I, I, I like to look at this uh, Atlanta Fed uh, now casting is it not, not for their absolute uh, number they're looking for I think plus 35 percent. GDP growth in this quarter but two two revisions ago uh, they showed uh, an uptick of 2.5 2.6 GDP percentage points higher based on the economic data that was coming out and that that's been within the last month so so you know if you go pre covid the whole economy was only growing by two a little more than 2% so it's kind of a you know it kind of underlines how these economic numbers are are uh, how uh, sort of drastic these these numbers are and, and the revisions are to these numbers. So it's so I can understand how hard it is to get a handle on something like current demand and future demand. So and and but they, I guess the big three have been sort of missing it in the same direction for a few months in a row. I'm just wondering. You know when are, when are they gonna miss it you know on the other side so what are they gonna go underestimate to, yeah underestimate and you're saying we're, we're not there yet we're, so bottom, we're not, bottom line
1: yeah we're definitely not there yet I mean, the, the, the big problem is uh, continues to be jet fuel demand There's, until international travel is, is loosened and people are and at least from a on a business perspective number one, and number two, you know, people aren't fearful to fly. Uh, we're, we're no matter what we're going to have a three to four million barrel a day hull on uh, on jet fuel consumption. I mean, it looks like China's picked up some on jet fuel consumption, but um, you know, we're not seeing it. It's certainly not. We're not seeing those numbers here in the in the U.S. You know, still jet fuel demand still stinks. I mean, it's running like eight or nine hundred. It's running about fifty percent of of you know last year's numbers,
0: which you know, which has always been a problem when we talk about our markets for airlines to hedge going forward. the question question's always been, well, you, you really don't know what your demand's going to be, or or do you? And and certainly now it's even it's even worse. I mean, you might want to take uh, advantage of what you think are low prices, and yet uh, you don't know how many planes you're going to have in the air going forward. And, and I think uh, when you look at the 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 three reports that come out the EIA the IEA and OPEC um, the difference in their estimates from 2021 20, and 2019 is mostly jet fuel right is that correct
1: yeah yeah well jet fuel ga- gasoline has made a you know certainly made a comeback from from the lows and uh, diesel too has made a has made a nice comeback from the lows but we're we're you know we're not we're nowhere near. Well, we're getting, on, on diesel and gasoline, we're getting somewhat closer to 2019, but still, there's a long way to go. But jet is, the, is definitely the, the um, overriding big problem, number one, and diesel, I would say, not number two.
0: So Andy, early in the lockdown, we were talking about uh, how diesel was kind of hanging in there because trucks were still moving, delivering products cars were you know people weren't going out of their houses and now that's kind of flipped I mean we seem to have more more diesel around and and uh and uh as you say jet fuel but uh gasoline demand has been you know okay is that really-
1: yeah I think that's I, I think that's fair I mean gasoline it's, it's been okay it's not you know, it's not it's it's not great, but it it's for let's just look at the last, just recently the the four week average for uh, gasoline is running around eight point six million barrels a day here in the U.S. The the five year average is nine point two three for this time of year. So we're you know that's we're still running six hundred thousand barrels a day behind behind last year, and diesel uh, is running around four around four hundred a day. Uh, behind on on demand Uh, of course as as we know diesel is uh, very sensitive to to the economy and uh, you're right Jim there were there was a uh, you know there was a big demand for goods uh, earlier in the year and that certainly helped help diesel demand but but looking at uh, some of the manufacturing numbers particularly in September that that uh, weakened, you know that that's uh, softened. It's not weak, but it, it's definitely uh, definitely softened. We'll see what uh, we'll see what fourth quarter has has to you know what we see here in the later in the in the fourth quarter. And of course, the stimulus is uh, is will be will be important because you know if we if we can increase demand for goods, that'll that'll certainly help the uh, help diesel demand, and uh, if we can increase Demand for labor um, that will help uh, gasoline demand, no doubt. Uh, so I, I think the market has uh, rightfully so been watching the, the imaginations in, in Washington over this uh, over the stimulus package because it, it, it has an impact. It definitely has an impact on uh, on demand here.
0: So Andy, what do, what do uh, what have you seen refiners do to uh, adjust to this crazy scenario?
1: Well, there there are really have got it's been it's been a really rough go for uh for refiners the getting back to diesel we're 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 still in a big surplus you know we we have too much diesel there's no demand for jet fuel and you don't want to make too much gasoline so you know it's it's really it's been difficult for them to uh to try to balance the market they've cut runs significantly and they, they also um, we, it, it took we've had these hurricanes going through the Gulf Coast that's taken out refinery capacity which probably helped to balance the market somewhat but you know the, the trick there is you know the trick is to figure out you know what your yields are going to be right uh, you, you want to keep the diesel yield as low as you can. Right, but you don't want to swamp the gasoline market. Luckily, gasoline's in in okay shape. So I I think if you know, refiners can figure out a way to run, you know, run for less diesel and jet. You know, and they've been working on it for months now. Maybe we'll we'll get into you know a little better balance. But let let me just talk about the balances for, for distillates. And um, we have 172 million barrels in, in inventory right now, uh, which compares to 140 for the um, five year average. Mm. But, you know, as we often talk, Jim, that it's not so much like the total number, but what's really important is the day's use, right? And, you know, which is day's supply.
0: Yeah, stocks and, compared to demand.
1: Right, and we're always looking at okay, where are we on days supply? And distillates are 48 days supply uh, right now, which compares to the five-year average of 35 days supply. Hmm. Um, so we're 13 days. What is that? 33. What? what Do my head. We're 13 days over. What's not great, and you know, this is this is the thing that's really disappointing is that in early August, a couple of months ago, we were also 13 days over, oh five, <laughs> five-year average. So we're, we're not really making any big progress on getting rid of, the, uh, getting rid of this uh, diesel surplus. Um, you know, cracks are, they've rallied a little here in the last week or so, but they are, you know, they are running significantly below last year and last year five-year average levels for, uh, for diesel. So there's no incentive really to run you know, for refiners to run diesel as a run for diesel, as I tried to mention.
0: So um, it's it's kind of a weird season uh, for a lot of reasons, but we've had these hurricanes hit the Gulf, take out some refiners, and and we're going into uh, turnaround season where they do the scheduled maintenance. So that you think these refineries come don't come out of maintenance, or they they stay in longer? I mean, how's I What's
1: yeah, this? I think they are gonna. I think they are gonna stay. Some have not come back from, you know, Hurricane Laura. They're, they're just now coming back because they haven't had, they haven't had power. So they may, they may want to stay in longer maintenances. The, you know, and, and let's talk about what, what refinery runs are. It's demand for crude, right? right. Ultimately, yes. they're crude runs. Yes. So you know, we're running on, on refinery runs. Using the same, right now we're at the four-week average is thirteen point six million barrels a day. The five-year average is sixteen point two. So what is what is that two point six million barrels a day under where we usually are for uh, September? Yes, you know that's that's a big hit.
0: So the, do you think that I, I saw that NOAA uh, has a is expecting a cold winter? I mean, it, this year I think it's like uh, degree days, maybe plus five percent from the five-year average. Is something is is a something like that enough to uh, reduce distillate with the heating oil demand enough to take it down, or is that not? Well, do, we, can, do we not it, use heating oil anymore?
1: Well, it it, it could be like three hundred a day here in the U.S. You know, if we get a right. really cold winter, it's not a you know, is it a game changer? It, not anymore. I mean, there are so few homes now being heated by uh, heating oil and much more towards uh, towards natural gas, but it, you get a fridge in winter and it, you know, it certainly can't, it can't hurt, but it, it's going to take, it's going to take a while to get rid of this, uh, to get rid of this distillate surplus. And what was really disappointing in the last week's EIA report was the production of diesel and gasoline, both both diesel went up, mm. you yeah, know, went up. So that, that was a little, uh, that was a little unnerving, but it's just a, it's just a one week report. You know, we'll, well, demand should pick up somewhat here in October for the harvest, uh, for, for diesel. But, um, you know, when you're 13 days over, it's a long, it's a long way to go, Jim.
0: Yes. Let's swing over to, uh, OPEC, um, which they've actually been increasing, over the last couple of months, production. And, right. Uh, w- can you just take us through what's what's been happening and what you think is going to happen with uh, OPEC o- OPEC Plus?
1: Yeah. Uh, OPEC ha- have been increasing. Uh, the the uh, they they OPEC themselves put the August production at like 24 24.0 million barrels a day, and uh, the the numbers there final numbers haven't come out yet. But Reuters had them. The the last Reuters report had them at 24.4 million barrels a day, and uh, they're they're probably going to keep going up because we know that uh, Libyan Libya's, which was at 0.2 million barrels a day, is moving up to 0.5 probably by you know late later in November and and December. So uh, and it's unclear whether uh, and Iran also. Out of no, Iran been up by a hundred thousand barrels a day, and uh, out of you know, and that that certainly will have a, you know, we'll we'll be talking about Iran a lot next year. I right. I do I do believe, I do believe yeah. if, if you if know, the,
0: yeah, if the polls are right and we have a new administration, there's a there's a lot on the table, right? Right,
1: right, and uh, you vis-a-vis. know, we'll see vis-a-vis the JCPOA, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see. You know which in which direction the uh, Biden administration wants to go towards uh, towards Iran, but so I think I think OPEC production is is on the is on the rise. The both o- you know the OPEC Plus has have been tapering and uh, production that you know they they told us so that the, you know production's going up two million barrels a day in in August, and it's it's also due to go up in the, in the first quarter. Of next year, but with Libya coming out and where prices being where they are, I, I think it would be. I think OPEC Plus would be hard pressed to really increase production in the in the first quarter. You know, I think they would have. I think they will just keep production flat here, and uh, you know, nobody cut cutting back for Libya, but you know, not not increasing production and. Um, Hope that they can get, you know, hope price the demand improves enough to get prices up to maybe closer to $50. I, I don't see that right now, but yeah, and, and then maybe for second or third quarter, talk about increasing production. But it's very clear, Jim, yes, that the market does not need more OPEC barrels, <laughs> OPEC plus barrels in the first quarter of next year, will not need
0: and and um Russia is producing within the agreement or are they are yeah, they little, little over. a little little they're over. over
1: yeah they're over uh-huh. uh but they're they're not you know it's not agree. yeah you know, it's not egregious and um yeah they they're i think they will be chomping at the bit, but I'm not sure they'll be chomping at the bit at uh you know forty two dollars brent you know if, if the again if the market was a lot higher, yeah but and and knowing that Libya is about to increase production, you know they they don't have a you know they don't have a quota, so I don't think I don't think, uh, think Russia is going to be pushing very hard for a uh, for an increase for the first quarter.
0: Well, that kind of gets us into so one of the things that we saw early on is that a lot of these, especially in the U.S., but also OPEC, they they cut back production obviously uh demand went away i mean they could it, it, you you can't produce oil if your customers don't want it can't take any more right and, and now it seems like maybe they're increasing based on customer needs i mean maybe they're they're it's it's they're like you said we're still drawing despite their increase in production we're still seeing draws and you expect to see draws going forward uh it would be nice if no more barrels get leaked onto the market but it's probably going to be difficult uh I, I my opinion but in the u.s we start we, we've seen production decline based on you know prices covid that kind of thing but also uh we took a couple what would be two acts right now maybe three for uh storms right right and i think the eia has production going up for a little while and then down again right and then, yeah and uh, what, what do you think about that? Uh,
1: you know, it's really hard to get a handle on on exactly where production is because, they, uh, at least what the EIA is saying, because they have like production in September up up where it couldn't have been because of these storms. Uh, they have eleven two, and then October, November, and December they're right around eleven two, uh, yeah. and, and uh, next year it goes down to maybe. Yeah, it's pretty steady around 11 million barrels a day, which looks to me like a massive punt on the part of the, <laughs> the part of the EIA. Uh, um, they have but,
0: to; their nerves have to be a little frayed this year, trying to keep on top of these numbers. Holy cow!
1: Oh man, yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, it's it's difficult. I I think they do a really good job, but it's yeah. you know, it's it's really hard getting these numbers right.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what else we want to talk about? Um, we so you talk about stimulus checks. Um, I, I, I happen to think this president might be a uh, long gamma. I think he, he, his, his tweets are moving markets. And, um, yeah, remember they used to say, uh, Saddam Hussein was uh, trading the oil markets because his commentary was, uh, moving prices all around. But, um, yeah, uh, it, the the option world we, we actually picked up in volume in in the last month um, from a dismally low number. So so these uh, you know WTI options are easier to follow, um, and and Brent kind of they don't trade as much, but they kind of trend with WTI options in terms of uh, direction. So August we saw about sixty two thousand options a day, which is a really really low number, and then September bumped up to one hundred and four. Thousand a day, and and, you know the big the big month of the year was the the OPEC meeting collapsed back in March. We saw like two hundred thirty five thousand a day, so that kind of gives you a a perspective of where we are. But on um, on Friday, it was kind of interesting because uh, we saw a lot more uh, puts than calls trade. Good, it was almost two hundred thousand total, but but open interest on the calls increased by double the puts. So, so, so it looked like a little bottom picking and it was a down day and, and, and vowels were over 50%. And, um, and we, we've bounced off of that. And then, um, I guess it was, uh, two days ago, uh, we saw like, a on Tuesday, we saw like a, another big option day, 200,000, not, not, you know, crazy, but a, relatively speaking, it was uh, good volume. And we saw a big decline in open interest on the calls and puts. And we saw, for the first time in a while, we saw three strikes trade over 10,000 lots. We don't, you know, we had a Novi 35 put trading almost 20,000 times, Novi 37 puts uh, almost 17,000 times. So the so it was uh, like a liquidation type thing going on there. So, um, you know, there's activity. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, you know i did I did have uh lunch with a guy that used to work on the floor uh, active trader, he's still trading and he said he lost money earlier in the year and he lost money in two thousand and eighteen because he's done something he changed the way he traded and he started selling vol so I, I you know and he got he got whacked and and so now he's back to being trading from the long side and seems to be doing uh a little better so Anyway, that's that's just one, one uh, trader. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this stuff. CSOs, the uh, spread options have been relatively quiet. Uh, biggest open interest is in the Novium and minus fifty puts over ten thousand. But that's that's from a while ago, I think. And um, you know, we're not we're not seeing the big purchases of of these uh, CSO uh, puts that we saw earlier in the year when everybody was expecting um, uh, storage facilities to be overwhelmed. Uh, which, of course, led us to that negative uh, pricing day. So increase in volume. Uh, VAL did trade over 50% on Friday. It's back down uh, by about 10 VAL points. Novi VAL is a little bit under Dece. May- maybe there's a, a an election event there. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure that's, you know, I, I don't know if that's true or not, if people are actually buying, you know, refraining from buying Novi and buying Dece because, we, we, we can get volatility in, in going into the election as much as coming out of it. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, le- I'll leave it there, but we'll keep an eye on this stuff and, uh, report next month. Well, the so, good uh, news
1: is uh, that at least you're seeing, it may not be every day, but at least there are a couple of days here where, where there's been good volume.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, what I, what I always say about volume, you have to be careful interpreting what's going on. We, we talked about this, Andy, in one of our weekly, uh, commodity meetings that we have and uh, we where um, you know you hear people say I, I heard somebody on in the financial press uh, news uh, TV saying um, you know somebody's buying puts and put spreads on this stock and that's a bearish sign and and really you know it's it could be not so bearish because maybe they own the shares and instead of selling the shares which would be really bearish they're buying puts and put spreads as protection because they think, well, maybe it's just short term and, and then we're going higher. So it's hard to interpret that. But uh, following the option flow does give you a sense of what people are thinking about, you know, uh, out in the future and away from today's price. So it's kind of interesting to kind of, you know, you you see what the fundamental news is and then you see uh, action or or you don't see it in the in the in the options market so earlier this year we saw those minus four dollar puts trade in size and we're you know that kind of said wait a second some at least one person thinks that there's a chance we this market collapse and they and it did you know a yeah. guy'd guy like to meet him someday I think that's the option trade of the year award, definitely right
1: but but that's ill faded right the option trade of the year award? You yes, really, I, I, I. It's like the cover of Sports Illustrated.
0: It is. I gave the award out, I think, four years in a row, and the next year, the person who won it got totally hammered. So I stopped giving it out. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you didn't yeah. want to win the option trade of the year award.
0: No, it was it was a curse. <laughs>
1: it, was it was a, a curse. curse. Right.
0: That's why I'm I'm watching Guyana very closely <laughs> to see if they have an oil curse going on. But anyway, let's talk about. Prices going forward, do you see this market uh, staying where it is in this for, WTI in the forty dollar area? And, you know, we didn't talk about Brent TIs, but they've narrowed, and uh, you know, maybe maybe Brent forty two and forty four. What do you, what is what's your uh, you know, without giving us what well, you basically, what are you working?
1: I, I don't, uh, for, you know, I'd love to say, I'm, you know, the market's really. I think the market's going to just. You know, boomerang out of these, out of these the ranges that we've been in. But you know, if you're looking at the underlying fundamentals here, I think we've we've spoken about um, you know demand still lagging and uh, still going to take a while for it to recover. Uh, we've spoken about supplies are, are probably on the rise. You know, owing to uh, OPEC, owing to Libyan production and and um, you know OPEC the upcoming meeting you know may, may keep you know I don't think there'll be an increase but if there is uh, that's certainly not not bullish so I, I and refinery margins are, are, are still you know pre- pretty weak so it, it, it's hard right now to, to see the market really breaking out of these ranges Jim uh, you know I wish that, <laughs> certainly everybody I'm sure would wish that uh, that it would. But uh, you know, it's, it just doesn't seem to be in the uh, be in the cards right now. So yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I yeah. still you know still play the uh, you know still be in be in this range.
0: It's you know, it's possible. That's why uh, when Val popped up over fifty percent, it got in, in the market. Sort of recovered. It just got slammed down. I mean, maybe people are, who like to sell Val are saying this might be uh, a good number you know, to to uh, sell. I my as you know, my feeling is when I when I ever get the feeling that I want to uh, sell vol I lie down and let the feeling <laughs> yeah, right. the feeling goes away. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. So, so, right. Which yeah.
1: brings me to my next question, which I already know the answer to. So if we think the market's gonna be in these ranges, what well, about yeah. selling the ranges?
0: Well yeah it's a, exactly. Options, right? That's yeah, that's a trade you, you probably you, you know, for, for someone who's a Afraid like me, I would be looking at selling call spreads and put spreads. So so you know, if something really bad happens to your position, at least you've got some coverage on the, right. on the wings, you know. You always like always like buying those wings to uh, protect the position. So yeah.
1: But in terms of outrights, outright so uh, I mean outright call and put uh, protection. You
0: you're I'm most, I'm you know, skeptic. I, I don't, I just, not the way I like, I like to sleep at night and that's just me. But I think overall, I, th- I think I have the, uh, the anecdotal evidence to, to show that, uh, you know, it's th- these, these, I learned a lot about risk from talking to people on the floor when, when I worked at the Merck, it was incredible how, you know, these folks, uh, the, you know, they weren't the, the big investment banks or the big banks. They weren't the big, you know, they didn't get MBAs from the top schools and they knew more about risk than anybody in the marketplace. Not, not all of them, but, but you get, you know, you get those guys and because they're trading their own money you know, they can't, they can't afford to, to blow up. And, and so, yeah, that, I think, uh um, you know, the, the idea is you're, you're picking up dimes in front of a steamroller. That's, that's just not appealing to me because I, you know, I fall down a lot. You know? Right. So yeah so i i it's just a i if you if you do it you don't want it to become like the cornerstone of your portfolio you you know it take a little bit uh but uh i, I again i would rather not do, the risk reward to me is always not uh uh not worth it what else so so products you think i mean di- diesel gasoline which one should outperform going forward into the Winter season, but again, lots you're of asking things.
1: me for a heat to gas <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not no, giving tried, it. I,
0: I, I tried to backdoor that one. No, yeah. there's no way. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> that uh, could, go know, higher, we, could go higher, could go lower, could stay the no, same.
1: Well, I mean, we all know that, that the nickname of a heating oil gasoline spread has long been long
0: been the original uh,
1: with, yeah the original widow maker so yeah. I, i'd be very loath to uh you know recommend recommend anything anything like that
0: and that's that's spoken from someone who's been following the heating oil contract since it began and i'm Pretty not even gonna, i'm not even going to mention when it began yeah that's, thank you yeah, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah speaking of time decay right yeah right yeah uh, anything else, Andy? You, uh, I'm trying, I'm just looking at my notes. No, I, th- I, th- I think, we, we I think much...
1: we've covered everything. Yeah. Uh, well, not everything. I mean, there's, there's a lot more to cover. But I do want to mention, Jim, that you know, every one of these uh, energy markets monthly, we end up talking about crude, and uh, we're hoping either in November or December to uh, do a special on on natural gas, and we have a, a very special guest coming on with us who knows much more than <laughs> either one of us do about the uh, natural gas market. So I think that that, and we'll talk petroleum too, but I think that's going to be a really, really interesting.
0: Um, oh yeah. I, I mean, if, if I just read, if you look at the EIA report released on Tuesday, they, they make a very bullish case for natural gas. Yeah. So you know, I'm, anxious, so, right? yeah, I'm be anxious to hear what uh but we'll, we'll focus on that a little bit more. That would be great. Yeah,
1: so that, that, and we'll also be, um, you know, the election hopefully will be done and dusted, we hope. So we'll, we'll, we can also talk a little bit about what, what we see going forward with the next, next administration in energy period, in both natural gas and, and in uh, and in crude.
0: Right. And uh, I would say um, uh, CRG, uh, uh, my research group.com, I uh, post Articles of interest, uh, you know, if you're a, kind of a market junkie like us, uh, I think you'll find them interesting. And um, Andy, uh, you, you, uh, we have our, we post our, uh, our podcast up there as well. And then um, on LinkedIn, I also take sort of my, uh, I try to take one a week, but I don't always get to it. But like the greatest hits of of the articles that I uh, pull out, and it's uh, usually commodity related, usually definitely market related, and um, uh, get some pretty good uh, interest. People will send me stuff about it and uh, get a little good dialogue going on. So, two ways to uh, keep in touch with us. And Andy, any anything else on uh, Commodity Research Group?
1: Uh, you can reach me at A Laboe, A L E B O W, at CommodityResearchGroup.com. And these podcasts are available anywhere you can anywhere you get your podcasts under uh, Commodity Research Group.
0: All right, Andy, we'll pick it up next month.
1: Okay, Jim.